Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Caitlin. And you're listening to our weekly podcast where we break down the biggest, boldest, and most iconic moments in pop culture. This is Incredibly Incredibly Iconic. Hey guys, welcome back to Incredibly Iconic. And this week we have an award show segment for you guys. What's up, everybody? Yeah, we haven't done this in a while, mainly because I kind of forgot that award season was happening. Um, I guess because it was all like the country stuff, and I don't really keep up with that. But yeah, we're almost to the end, and the Oscars are this Sunday. So we had to come back with another iconic award show moments, Oscars edition. Yeah, it's Oscar season. And yeah, once again, um, I haven't seen any of these movies. And I probably will make no effort to see any of them before Sunday. I've seen one and it's Promising Young Women. So yeah, and that's all I'm rooting for. I mean, I'm sure there's great movies that like once I see them, I'm like, hell yeah. But it's not my priority at the moment. I will say though, I am vexed and oh my gosh, I went to the movie theater on Saturday, I want to say. What the fuck? I didn't even know that. No, I didn't tell you. (laughs) I've been waiting to share the news. I went on Saturday, and there wasn't really anyone there, obviously. I also saw the movie Unholy, which is a horror movie. It's not that great, but I went into the expectation with it not being that great. I just wanted to go to a movie theater, and it was like I traveled to a different country in the sense of the excitement I had. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I need to take photos everywhere and be like, guess where I am? And I was just so happy. I had movie theater popcorn and I really felt like I was like alone in the theater because I was I was with a friend, but there wasn't really anyone else in there because we went like during the middle of the day on Saturday and it was amazing. I felt like I was home. I used to have AMC A-list, so I paid like $20 a month and I could see literally as many movies as I wanted. It was so great. Or you could see three a week, which is still a lot. But I definitely think I'm going to reinstate it soon, Um, especially for In the Heights coming out in June. I absolutely want to see that in theaters. I really want to see Black Widow in theaters. And I don't know, maybe I'll do it sooner. I don't really know what else is coming out next month. Oh, isn't Cruella coming out next month? Yeah, but you know, I wasn't like... Oh, and The Conjuring. Oh my God, The Conjuring's coming out What the fuck? Are you kidding? The Third Conjuring. Nuh-uh, you're joking. You're joking. No, I'm not. The when? devil made me do it. I think it's at the end of next month. <gasps> Please don't play with my emotions. I'm is- not, but it's also going to be on HBO Max. June 4th. Oh, my God. Are you excited? Yes, bitch. Oh, no, my God. No, I am too. This one this one got delayed so much. Also, A Quiet Place Part 2. Yeah, I need to get my A-list back because okay. I need to start going back to movie theaters. The one that I've been waiting for, which I know is not like, oh, my gosh, Oscars. Like, none of them really are Oscar worthy, but... The one I've been waiting for is that Ghostbusters movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That was pushed back to like the end of the year. Mm, yeah. Again. The end of the year? I thought it was pushed back to the summer. I don't know. I could be wrong. I saw the tra- like all the trailers were um, obviously trailers that we've seen before with like new dates of when it's going to be released. The hmm. DVD release date is in 2022. They already know when they're releasing it on DVD. Probably because they already like... Pr- Put it out. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? It's gonna be in November. This turned into like a whole yeah. thing. It was supposed to come out in July of last year. Oh my god. Fuck this pandemic. Ugh. Anyway, we're gonna be making our return to the movie theaters regularly soon. So before we get into our Oscar topics, we have a few iconic moments from this week, and there was just a lot of like back to back 
controversy with so many people and kicking it off my least favorite topic to talk about is the bachelor everybody knows that last week on good morning america colton underwood made an appearance with an interview with robin roberts and he came out as gay to the entire world yeah congrats for him coming out as gay but there was a lot of controversy behind yeah, that i feel like i and should it- preface all of these co- these some of the next couple of things we're going to talk about with they might be our car takes might be controversial but i think honestly we share the same opinion as most of the rest of the internet so yeah basically what i have to say is i'm happy for him i'm glad that he was able to do that i know that it's hard i know that's not an easy thing to do especially on such a public platform like that or being a public figure period so i'm really happy for him that he's finally at a comfortable place in his life where he can come to terms with himself and be okay with that and be able to share that with the world that's really great honestly yeah no i completely agree with what you said i think that it's really important for him to share his truth with the world i feel like his childhood was so restricted because he did grow up in a very republican and christian or maybe it was catholic um household and i can't imagine how hard that is also his dad I think he talks about in his book, kind of, I guess, maybe caught him looking at gay porn and it just didn't exactly go well. And him being accused of being gay when he was younger and him also not sleeping with women as a football player. Like, he is an attractive man. So, like, people have to ask, why aren't you at some point? You know, if you can get a lot of women, why aren't you doing that? All of that aside, that does not, being gay does not make up for the fact that he is a horrible person. And that does not make up for the fact that he stalked his now ex-girlfriend, that he put a tracker on her car, that he had a restraining order from her. That he pretended that he was getting harassed and sending her threatening text messages and pretending that they were both getting them as a way to like bond with her again. That he was standing at her house and her family members caught him like lurking, like... It's just insanity, the lengths that he went to mentally torture this girl. And I heard, which I'm not sure, you know, there are two sides to every story, that she was just as shocked by this as well. Which I just think the fact of what he's done to her and has pretended he almost hasn't done because after that all went to social media, he kind of just disappeared from social media, honestly, and then has done the Good Morning interview. But he kind of like only like, briefly addressed it and obviously didn't go into the details of everything which is like horrific and just like made like a little sprinkle of it was like i'm sorry basically it seemed like the goal of this interview was for us all to forget about all that and focus on this new chapter in his life which also includes a netflix series because in the same day or the day after I believe I'm not I'm not sure exactly what day, but it was revealed shortly after that he is going to be getting a Netflix series where it basically follows him coming into this new lifestyle as a gay man with his gay guide, Gus Kenworthy, Olympian Gus Kenworthy. And this concept got absolutely fucking destroyed by the Internet because It's just, it's just fucking silly. I don't know. I just think, I think it's stupid. I have no interest in watching it. It just, I don't know. It pisses me off because it's like, he's talking about how hard this is, but he is a white 
attractive, fit, straight passing man. And now he wants to get this platform to talk about how hard it is and how he needs someone to show him how to navigate around the gay community. It just doesn't make any sense. Like I just, it's not going to be hard for him in this community. It's not, it's really not because of how attractive he is and how people are, (laughs) are drawn to that. And like, it just kind of, I don't know. It's not, it's not an experience that most gay people go through that had a harder time coming out or just grew up struggling more. But I mean, he grew up in a conservative family. He still is a conservative. I have to assume because of the people that he follows on Twitter and just all that. But I don't know. It pisses me off. No, I understand your frustration. And I can only speak as an ally, but I did see a lot of gay people on Twitter speaking about like, who is your gay guide? Like a gay guide? What the fuck? Who gets like a guide on how like how to be gay? It's just like, I feel like a journey you have to go on on your own. And obviously you'll get advice, but like you're not like when you decide to come out assigned a fucking mentor. Yeah. And I understand that it's all for the purposes of entertainment, this show, whatever. And meanwhile, there's a petition to Netflix that has like tens of thousands of signatures to cancel this before it even begins. So I wonder what will come of that. Probably nothing. But I mean, people were making valid points about how this isn't this isn't like out of the ordinary for this to happen to somebody like him because, you know, stupid people do stupid shit every day and they get a reality show for it. It's really no different than that. But I don't know. I just think the whole thing looks really bad. And I I feel like until he fully addresses his past with Cassie and everything, I I just can't really I don't care to even look at him really. I don't care to keep up with anything he has to do or say because I just feel like this is a distraction. And I think it's almost like a revamp. Like I do want him to live his most authentic life. And I hope that him coming out, he can become like a better person and not have so many toxic qualities. But I don't know. I just kind of think that's who you are as a person. And I don't, I think a gay man that he would be in a relationship with could experience the same thing that Cassie experienced. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it just makes me really uneasy. I feel bad for her having to go through this and see He's like getting a new life on his fame, I guess. It's probably really hard for her because she's just like, I don't understand what like what else has to happen for people to understand what kind of person he is. All that aside, whatever. I hope that he is happy and comfortable with his new life, but not for me. Agreed. Anyways, next. Today, randomly and sort of as a shock, a trailer dropped for Bethany Frankel's new HBO <laughs> The Apprentice Girl Boss Girl <laughs> Boss edition is essentially what this is. It seems to be like a competition reality show where she's trying to find her new vice president of operations for her brand cuz i mean she runs a ton of different things. She does Skinny Girl, she has her um charity and she does a bunch of different stuff. So like It seems as though she's kind of just like testing people out and seeing who works and what doesn't work. And are we going to watch it? Yes, unfortunately. Um, Do we stand her? No, not anymore. (laughs) Not after what she said about the Royals, right? Or about Megan. Not what she says about a lot of things. But why was the trailer so good? Like someone pointed out that it was better than the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trailer. I was like, yeah, like that trailer hit. Like I'm like, damn, I do want to watch this. Oh, for sure. I'm absolutely going to be watching it. And honestly, HBO Max is the moment. Netflix wants what HBO Max has right now. Honestly, I can't even tell you the last time I watched a Netflix show. 
or a movie, honestly. Nothing on that fucking platform can keep my attention, but I am constantly on HBO Max. If I'm not watching something new, then I'm rewatching Veep for the seventh time, and I'm so excited for this. Shamelessly. Yeah, I am shamelessly excited for this, too, because, like, I saw someone else tweet there, like, um, the scene of Lisa Renner were like, I'm sorry, I have to be honest when they said I'm going to watch it. Like, yes, we can be Bethany haters and still enjoy her on TV. Yeah, I mean, it's no secret that she was honestly one of my favorite parts of New York when she was on it. And I don't know, I feel like it completely changed when she left. Yeah, I can agree with that. I'm, I think there was good moments prior to her return. But yeah, the, the shift has changed since she left again. We'll see. I, I mean, here's the thing. Let's be honest, though. Maybe we shouldn't watch this show because if this show doesn't succeed, she's going to be forced to go back to Bravo. Oh, my God. You're right. Everybody boycott it because then (laughs) she will have no choice but to call Andy and beg for her job back. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm I'm kidding. I mean, I feel like this is the production deal that she's been begging for, right? Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Like, it could be successful or it could not. I mean, here's the thing is like a lot of people – don't like Bethany. I mean, she is very aggressive. I don't really know, but she has good like content. I'm, she makes good TV. Yeah, and like the trailer just hit. I mean, here's the thing: like, if it's not good, like you can make a great trailer. See, like so many movies or TV shows that we try, but then when you actually watch it, like, is it worth watching? So we'll see, because like that will determine it all. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, yep, we'll be yep. tuning into that. That comes out next week. Literally. This Next was, week? Yeah, it comes out on the 29th, I think. Holy shit. Yeah, this was literally so out of the blue. Damn, she just dropped him and left. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. We're definitely going to talk about that once it comes out. But um, next up, everybody <laughs> has seen this. Demi Lovato fighting with this damn yogurt shop in LA. So stupid. I guess you start, and then I'll get into the part that really bothers me, which is her addressing the controversy she goes on her instagram story and she starts attacking this frozen yogurt shop in la called big chill frozen yogurt shop and she's going off about basically how before you get up to the counter there's done there's a bunch of shelves of different snacks and cookies and stuff and how they had cookies that said sugar-free on them and she was calling them out for promoting diet culture and for triggering her eating disorder because promoting things that say like sugar-free or diet on them or stuff like that is just like not good for the culture and in, in LA and everything. And basically just saying how they need to they need to be better and they need to stop doing that. And then they basically came back. I I'm just kind of paraphrasing through this. Like they they responded and said, We have we serve tons of different allergies and food restrictions, vegans, gluten-free, dairy-free, diabetics, all of that. It's not just about one specific person. We have to satisfy all these people. And that wasn't good enough for her. She just kept going off for no fucking reason. And it was just, it was embarrassing on her part, honestly. I mean, on her IG story when she addressed it, just the tone really pissed me off. The way that she was like, well, I'm sorry if it's this, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's not saying I'm sorry, like a true, like, I'm sorry for making this comment that I did. Here's like to understand my viewpoint. It was just so like, I don't know. 
it's like watching a fucking teenager get in trouble with the principal and have like a fucking attitude or your siblings getting in trouble with your parents and clearly they're not fucking sorry and they're like being such a fucking bitch back to your mom or dad like that's like truly how it was watching it and you're like bitch like maybe you should get off the live right now because you clearly have an attitude and you're clearly not sorry and then she was like i'm willing to work with the frozen yogurt company i'm like willing to work with them did they even ask you i wouldn't want to fucking work with you like you're the one acting a fucking fool right they're not asking for a damn partnership with you or sponsorship she's acting like they were going to and like that it's like this gonna be this great thing that they're gonna like do and they're gonna please her and she also talks about how she went in there wasn't able to get yogurt and it ruined her whole weekend okay we're in a pandemic And speaking of pandemic, the thing that pissed me off the most is that she's attacking this small business in the middle of a pandemic when small businesses are hurting the most. Like she's just she was so fucking tone deaf and self-centered about this whole situation. She couldn't even think about anybody else for a second about how there are vegetarians and vegans and diabetics and people who can't have dairy and people who can't have sugar. And there is more people in the world than just people like you who've suffered from an eating disorder. And yes, that might be triggering, but it's not these places responsibility to, to serve every single person like that. I'm, I'm a pescatarian. I've been a pescatarian vegetarian for literally half of my entire life. And I don't go to fucking Outback Steakhouse and start screaming at them because there's nothing that I can eat. Why, why are you serving steak? I can't order a steak. I do my research before I go to a place. I look for places that I can eat at, that I will find something to eat at. And that's not their fault. It's not their fucking fault that they like cannot satisfy every single person that comes into there. And it's just, it was just so fucking stupid of her to be like, you're attacking me specifically. I can't eat anything here because you have sugar-free cookies and you have diet products and you have things that I don't like. Like that just pisses me off. So like, what is your opinion on Diet Coke? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It's just like the ignorance in her and like someone was like, damn, she's had too much therapy that she thinks everything is like a therapy session. Like it's almost like truly real because as a person that has been in therapy and is looking to go back, it's just like not everything is that deep. No, I don't know why she was trying to fight with them so much. It just, it it was so stupid, honestly. It's just so stupid because for me, oh shit. What? So this was four hours ago. So they're saying like, LA's big chill shuts down fake news that Demi Lovato donated $100,000 after feud. Los Angeles, Yeah, I don't know about this. Los Angeles frozen yogurt shop, the big chill, has not accepted what it is called a sorry, not sorry apology from uh, Demi Lovato after the singer picked an icy feud with the business on social media the big chill debunked a rumor Wednesday morning that don- that Lovato had donated under thousand dollars and delivered a written apology to the company for her behavior earlier this week according to the owner big chill has not been in touch with Lovato since the artist um, responded to the ensuing backlash the company challenged a recent tweet claiming that Lovato donated a hundred thousand to the yogurt shop and wrote a private letter of apology so yeah they're like just saying like to those of you asking we have not received any donations from Demi's team nor do we want one we have not made any changes to our menu we have not heard anything from Demi since her sorry not sorry apology on Monday (laughs) we have not heard anything from her team things are photoshopped images thanks again for all your support Which, yeah, if I was their company, I'd be like, I don't want to do anything with you. 
if anything, the the best thing is they've gotten so much business from this. Like everyone is on their side. And it's just so funny to me because she clearly thinks she's in the right and she still does. If I was in this place and I was a public figure and I decided to take out my anger on a business and somehow I wasn't in the right about it and everyone was like literally making this place like a big thing, I would feel like the world hated me, honestly. It's literally literally so embarrassing. This was honestly kind of like my last straw with her. I just, I don't know. I've had it with her over the years and, and recently a lot of stuff that she's done just hasn't sat well with me. And I don't know. This was it for me. I, I really can't continue supporting her in any way at all. It, it Her fans are just like on another level of supporting everything she does and defending everything she does. She can do no wrong in their eyes. And you know what? That's fine for them. But this whole situation was ridiculous. She's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And like even they confirm that Demi and her team have been anything but nice to them. And like they're like, we have not made any changes to our menu and we have not heard, you know, anything from her. And basically like if she actually had a problem, all they had to do is pick up the phone. All she had to do is pick up the phone and call and they could have had a conversation about, you know, obviously different dietary restrictions and Maybe she would have walked away feeling better from that. But of course, like people just think things to social media without just having that kind of converse- conversation first. And I think you also had to come at it level-headingly. Like she comes at it with such force. She comes at it where she's coming to change your opinion. Where I come at things, it's like, let's bring two people to the table each of them having like an opposing view and talk it out and see each other's perspective. She just comes at it with like, you're going to believe what I say. Yeah, well, that's just how she is. Whatever. I could go on forever because it truly makes me irritated as fuck. Yeah, me too. Anyways, last but not least, really, really quickly, um, today it was announced that Hilary Duff will be starring in the How I Met Your Mother sequel series on Hulu called How I Met Your Father. And it was a direct to series order for 10 episodes. And I don't know, there was no really timeline on when they're going to start shooting or when it's going to be released, but I don't know anything about How I Met Your Mother. Caitlin was a huge fan back in the day, so I'll just let her say what she thinks and then we'll be done with it. Well, I saw this tweet and I would like to read it because this pretty much summarizes how I feel. So one of my YouTubers that I watch a lot, Kelly, um, I don't know why I said Kelly, Kelsey and Pichike tweeted, How I Met Your Father with Hillary Duff starring, um, yes, please. I love her in Younger. So long as it, so long as it stays away from what How I Met Your Mother did at the end. Which, for me, it's. I was kind of explaining it to Brian earlier. Watching a TV show and getting invested, and then it ending so poorly, is kind of like being in a relationship with someone and them ending up to turn out to be someone you didn't think they were, or it just being incredibly toxic, and you feel like you just wasted all your time. And, like, TV shows truly, like, ones that go on for seasons and seasons, like, you invest so much time in. It's not like watching an hour and a half long movie where you didn't like it. Like, I invested so much time into this that I'm not going to get back. And it was just really bad in the end that it put a bad taste in the whole series. So Yeah, I get that. I remember her reaction to the very the last season and how bad everything was. I will probably never watch it. I might watch this just because I do really like Hilary Duff. I love Younger. Um, obviously, I was stoked for the Lizzie McGuire series, but that's not happening. So 
I might tune into this. I might not understand what's going on, but maybe I'll give it a stream. Yeah, and I I'm kind of open. I'm not sure if I'm ready to love again yet, but we'll see. I do like Hillary Duff. I don't know. And also, I did make a video when I was younger on YouTube about my feelings of the finale. So if you can find that, I'll be impressed. We'll post a link to it in the description. I, not do that. <laughs> I think I may have private it recently, like literally within like the last month or two. But I also don't know if I did. So maybe it is public. All right, everybody. Let's get into some of our favorite iconic Oscar moments over the years. Honestly, a lot of these I like couldn't think of off the top of my head. But then as I started looking some up, I was like, oh, yeah, that happened. I remember that. So I wanted to start off with my absolute favorite, one that I just think is so funny. And that is the 2007 Oscars with Anne Hathaway and Emily Blunt presenting for best costume design. They were fully in their Devil Wears Prada characters. And they did this whole little bit with Meryl Streep. And it just makes me laugh. Here it is. Good evening. We're here to present the Oscar for costume design. And there is no one in this room more qualified than the two of us, or just me. Leave the character behind him. Hi, Meryl. <gasps> I love, I love you. you. <laughs> Why doesn't she have her cappuccino? Did you get her cappuccino? I thought you were going to get it. Look how she's smiling as though it doesn't bother her. She's such a good actress. <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it for you after this. This year's nominated designers. Okay, literally every time I watch this, I, I cannot not smile while watching it and i sometimes try and do it like try and keep a straight face like meryl does in this and it's impossible i truly don't know how she was able to do that in the moment because i feel like i would have just been dying she's just a great actress there's a tweet earlier where there's a cat sitting on her seat and they're like meryl streep can play any role truly oh yeah i saw that she's just no. great so funny oh i love that movie devil wears prada i just need to fucking buy it on dvd or digital or something because i always have like an itch to watch that movie just at the most random times i just want to sit down and watch it but it's not available anywhere it's not on any streaming you can Sometimes only like it plays on like it. e or something so. oh it's always on e e plays like the same four movies over and over again and that's usually one of them but on the off chance that it's not, I just need to buy it. Okay. The next one is more emotional. So it was in 2009. Uh, Heath Ledger died in 2008, and he was being awarded for his performance of the Joker after his death. And I don't know. I just really loved Heath Ledger's uh, performance as the Joker. I think as an actor, he really gets into his roles, and I think it's so sad that we did lose him. And so it's just an iconic moment for him to truly be honored. Oh, 100%. I don't think anybody else playing the Joker will ever be able to touch his performance. And it's really honestly so hard to watch like Jared Leto or Joaquin Phoenix, who just did Joker. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I just don't think anyone can ever do it as good as he did. Yeah, it's just 
I don't know, like he just really encaptured the role. And I think now a lot of people almost mock the way that he got into character because they're like, oh, yeah, I have to be driven to insanity, like how Heath Ledger was when he did like the Joker performance. And this role like is a role that can make you like go crazy, like for real, like and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, like I I feel feel like like everybody that's ever played it has had this similar story the how they get into character and how they had to prepare for the role. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. But I feel like it only ramped up past Heath Ledger, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like they almost view it as like a cursed role. I know that, yeah, Jack Nicholson played him as well. And I know that he was a really great Joker. And he did say it was a hard role. I'm not saying it's not a hard role to get in that mindset, but... I feel like ever since Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger, people just like make it this role where it's like the person has to be crazy and they're going to go crazy in their real life and just all these insane things. I think one of my favorite things that I saw about it was what's the actress that was in Hereditary? Tony Collette. Yeah, Tony Collette. People are asking her because if you've seen Hereditary, there's like this scene um not trying to be like super oh my gosh there's this scene i'll just say there's this scene where she has to put herself in a really like emotional moment and people asked her and they're like how did you do that like it was just so horrific watching you be in that spot and then as an actress like it was just so real and she was like oh it's just acting it's just a job you know like she gets it Yeah, and everyone else, like, that plays the Joker, especially men, like, because Joaquin Phoenix, like, people were like, I'm scared of him. Like, when he was on set, he was, like, the Joker. Like, and I'm like, oh, that's, like, a little too far. Like, maybe treat a little people with kindness that are on the set and not try to, like, act like a psychotic murderer. I don't know. Grow up. Grow up. Anyways, Heath Ledger, best performance ever. I just thought it was a very touching moment. Yeah, it was so sad when he died. But I mean, this was definitely a a very much deserved win. So the next thing we have is in 2011 is when James Franco and Ian Hathaway hosted the Oscars and it pretty much being named as like the worst hosting the Oscars have ever had, which honestly, I think for most part, a lot of award shows are very hosted or just not very well hosted. Let's put it that way. But when I was younger, I liked Ian Hathaway. And I like James Franco. So I don't really see anything wrong with them hosting. Uh, maybe as an adult, they would see more. Uh, the, Hollywood Reporter called, the Hollywood Reporter called it one of the worst Oscar telecasts in history, while LA Weekly said the night was at best qualified as lazy and at worst, totally embarrassing. It was like the world's most uncomfortable blind date between the cool rocker stoner kid and the adorable theater uh, camp cheerleader. I remember very little about this night. Um, yeah. But I mean, I also used to like James Franco back in the day before finding out that he's an absolute fucking creep. But yeah, I don't I really don't remember anything about this. Yeah. And like there was just tension behind the scenes between them. Like apparently she made a suggestion like maybe you should try it like this. And then he was like, don't tell me how to be funny. I feel in my heart that it was more James Franco that was difficult to work with. And Anne Hathaway was just trying her best to go through it. But like James was definitely probably getting on her nerves. But yeah, I mean, I just think it's really funny that 
they just were almost listed as like the two worst people to host. It was such a weird pairing, honestly. Super weird. James Franco's like disappeared from Hollywood anyway, rightfully so. But anyway, <laughs> the next couple are just from some of like the most memeable moments over the years, which we love. We love a quick meme moment. Back in 2012, I think everybody remembers the Angelina Jolie leg dress moment that one people still talk about. It's just iconic. Look at her legs and that dress. Like it, she should show it off. But apparently, on the red carpet, she was just pulling, whipping out her leg every second that she got, and it was just funny to people because it was like any shot was her pulling out her leg in that dress. Which, like, damn girl. You do your thing. I agree. As well, she should, to be honest. That's some legend shit right there. Yeah. Also, the following year was like the peak of Jennifer Lawrence's hysteria around her, I guess. It's so weird to think back about like Jennifer Lawrence hysteria. I know, because that's really died down a lot too. But she tripped going up on the stage when she won for Best Actress for Silver Linings Playbook. And one year later, she fell on the red carpet. This was like during her, I'm quirky. Oh my God, yes. I love pizza. I, yes, and that's what I was just thinking, how funny it is because we loved a celebrity because they seem so real and it was like all about pizza and basically being clumsy. Like that was why we liked her. Like it's yeah. insane to me. Like I'm not saying she's a bad actress. I don't think she's a great actress, but like why did we like hype her up so much? I'm so confused. It was a weird time. This was also when the fucking song from the Hunger Games had a remix on the radio, Caitlin. Uh, why? I don't remember that. You don't remember this. The fucking the song? song The, the song. Hanging Tree? You don't remember. No. That. I mean, it kind of sounds familiar, but holy Caitlin, shit. are you kidding me? It's the one that was I'm like, are you? Kidding. Are I understand you? what you're saying. I'm into the tree. I, there was a fucking remix of it. Caitlin, I'm looking it up right now. Hold on. I only think about, I took my ticket to the long way around, like um, the cup song and why the fuck that was on the radio. Okay. Well, is this the remix? Yes. I can't believe you don't remember this. I don't hear anything that like makes it like remixy. Hold on. Oh shit! <laughs> Are you shaking your ass right now? Yeah, we should go to the club and be like, "Hey, can you play the Hanging Tree?" Okay, honestly, I kind of roasted it right before that, but now that I'm playing it, I'm literally shaking my ass. It's a bop. Kinda. Okay. Hold on. I have to call my local radio station and ask them to play it. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> justice for the hanging tree at the 2014 Grammys. Yeah, what the fuck? Whenever that was. Oh, it was 2015, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, next up was from 2014 when Ellen DeGeneres hosted and she broke had her. Yeah, she broke the internet with her famous selfie there. I think at the time it was the most retweeted photo. It had like. Three and a half million retweets. I, I'm sure that's probably been broken by now. Maybe not. But yeah, it was like when she went down to the audience and she gathered Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Lupita Nyong'o, Julie Roberts, Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lawrence, everyone's favorite quirky girl. Everybody was in this photo. It was a little iconic, love. I mean, it was like a photo. I remember like thinking how great this photo was. And like, you know, selfies 
were such a huge thing. They kind of still are, but not really. It's almost like it is truly a millennial thing, like a selfie now. Also, Ellen was such a huge thing. Oh, yeah. That's not the truth, Ellen. No. Oh, thank you, Dakota Johnson. She's going to get an Oscar for that performance one day <laughs> when she plays it in, in the in her biopic. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Fuck that. That was just like a fun time. Everyone loved that photo, and it was talked about nonstop. Oh, for sure. I feel like that was my phone background for a minute. Wow. Who the hell was I back then? <laughs> I'm cringing for you. We all loved it. Everybody was obsessed. The next thing is the moment I felt the world was waiting for. If this man wasn't going to get a fucking Oscar, this would be going on for years. It would just, yeah, it would still just be a joke to this day. It wouldn't be a joke. It would be like a change.org thing. Like people would be every fucking Oscar season. It would be like, I can't believe Leo doesn't have an Oscar. I can't believe this. Like, it would be like, he needs an Oscar for this performance. Like, this man would be popping out movies still. Why did we care so much? It's so funny to look. Why did we care so much about these things? It was truly, like, devastating to believe that Leonardo DiCaprio didn't have an Oscar. But in 2016, baby, that was his year. Because guess what? After six nominations, including one for Titanic... And being in the industry for 27 years, he finally won his Oscar for his performance in The Revenant, a movie that I have also not seen. I haven't seen it either, but I do question. <laughs> I guess it was good. <laughs> I do question if they were just like, we have to give him one, like, because it was like definitely at the height every fucking time about this man not getting an Oscar. And I think there's definitely more performances that would he should have gotten one for. But Oh, yeah, for sure. Think about how many movies we've seen him in since he's gotten an Oscar. So many. Like, literally, he's in so many iconic films. And No, it's... since he's gotten an Oscar. How since many he's gotten an Oscar, he ha- yeah, how many have you seen um, Leonardo DiCaprio? And I feel like I've only seen one. Like, I don't think he's in a lot of movies anymore. Wasn't he in that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. He was in that, right? Yes, but I'm saying how many movies have you seen Leonardo DiCaprio in since he got an Oscar? What I'm saying is, was it all about the Oscar? Oh, I don't know. Probably. But one thing I did like was that he actually used his time on stage to speak about something important. He talked about global warming in his speech, and he was saying, talking about the filming of the movie and saying how the production needed to move to the southern tip of the planet just to be able to find snow and how climate change is real. It's happening right now. It's the most urgent threat facing our entire species and we need to work collectively together and stop procrastinating and not take this planet for granted anymore. And here we are six years later and everyone still thinks it's a fucking hoax and we've made no progress, it seems. Come to Tennessee, we have a freeze warning and yesterday was a beautiful day. So, well, Caitlin, why is it if it's cold, how is the earth getting warmer? I don't know. It's a hoax. Yeah, it must be. Right. Anyway, congratulations, Leo. We worked hard for your fucking Oscar. (laughs) Is it so it seems? Okay. So in 2016, Chris Rock hosted the Oscars. And this was pretty iconic because he had an uncomfortable opening monologue for everybody who was watching in 2016 there was 20 white actors and actresses who were nominated in the lead and supporting acting categories for the second year in a row and because of that there was uproar online and there was a social media hashtag created called hashtags oscars so white and it was created by activist april rain 
And then Chris Rock addressed the issue head on by making the audience laugh and also cringe at the same time. He unapologetically eviscerated Hollywood's racism by noting that in the show's 88-year history, more often than not, people of color were not included in the major acting categories. And once again, here we are years later, and these issues are still extremely prevalent. Well, he's not wrong. In 2002 or 2003, I really think it was 2003, Halle Berry was the first black woman to win as, what's it called? Um, Leading actress. Leading actress, yeah. I think she's the only black woman who's won since. That's so fucked up. That might be wrong. I'm not sure exactly about that. But I mean, we saw all the drama with the Golden Globes this year and how there's just still such a lack of diversity in the nominated committees and in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and how it's still just not being taken seriously for no reason at all. It's just it's just ridiculous. There's so much incredible work put out every year and it's always just looked over. It's a joke, which is why people literally think awards shows are just a joke because like that they don't mean anything because look at this shit. Well, they are a joke. And yeah, you are not wrong. It was 2002 and no other woman of color has won. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Viola Davis is nominated this year for leading actress. And I think this is her fourth time. She's definitely up in the category with Meryl Streep. And like, there needs to be respect put on her name. Viola Davis? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She more than deserves that. Oh my gosh. The diversity she has within her character range, like, Are you kidding me? Annalise Keating, are you kidding me? The next one is another meme moment and a kind of what the fuck is happening. (laughs) I still don't understand it. I don't understand it. I'm really freaked out by it. But it was Nicole Kidman clapping. Now, she said she was trying to protect her Julie and didn't want to, like, basically hit them while she claps. But it was like her hands looked 10 times too big. And the way that they were just spread out, it was insane. People, I think it was more like people were analyzing why her hands looked like that more than anything, but it's just turned into like a really funny moment that people use. Her fingers looked like they were a foot long. It was so (laughs) weird. Everyone knows what we're talking about. I use that, that GIF all the time, but yeah, we've still had no explanation. It just doesn't make any sense. Maybe it was because she was moving them so fast. Like they looked like that. I don't know. Maybe because like she like she kind of was like bending her hands back too. Like I'm trying to like mimic it, but it must have been like an angle the way that she was holding her hands, like pushing her fingers almost backwards, and just every element of it was weird. Oh, I love Nicole Kidman. When um my friend Rachel went to see Moulin Rouge on Broadway, she I think it was in, within the first couple of weeks that it opened. She was sitting three rows behind her and Keith Urban. At the same show. Um, my friend, she worked at the science center down here in Nashville, and she met Nicole and Keith um, because they were purchasing things for their kids there. They went on a tour. Okay, another Nicole and Keith moment before the pandemic. <laughs> we're gonna keep dropping them. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. so- <laughs> and I have something to say too. Before the pandemic last year, so weirdly, um, the Hard Rock Hotel in Tampa. They were opening a new building or like a a new something, a new casino or something there. And Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban like went to the opening ribbon cutting ceremony. I don't even know why. 
but there was like radio stations that I follow in the area that were there covering it. And then they just posted a photo with them. I was like, what the fuck are they doing there? So random. Yeah. I don't know. They do a lot of random things. I love them though. They're like one of my favorite celebrity couples. They don't make sense, but they do. (laughs) Yeah. They're happy together. I don't know. I'm just thinking about the meme when she divorced Tom Cruise. <laughs> I love her so much. in the streets. Yeah. Joy. Oh, my God. I mean, I would, too, if I was leaving somebody in Scientology. Okay. Well, let's switch back to our last one. Which is my favorite moment. one. It's everyone's favorite. From 2018, the <laughs> Moonlight La La Land incident. Can we just – everyone's face – And also, I don't think I was actually watching during, I don't know, maybe I just turned it on or I wasn't watching at all, but I kept seeing people talking on Twitter and I was like, I have to turn the TV on. What the fuck is happening? It was just so, I don't know, I just love moments like that. And I think it actually happened after the whole Miss America switch up. You remember with Steve Harvey? Oh, yeah. What was that year? It might have been that year. I'm going to put the clip in right here. The Academy Award. For best picture. You're impossible. <laughs> Come on. La La Land. We lost, by the way, you but, you know. Guys, guys, <laughs> I'm sorry. No. This, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won best picture. Moonlight won. Come on, this is not a joke. Come this on. is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is, this is not a joke. Moonlight has won best picture. Moonlight, best picture. I don't, this just seems like something that would never happen at this show. But I also am really glad that the man that figured out, like La La Land producer, was really happy for the Moonlight person. Like, and most of the people were. Like, I feel like a lot of people were super happy. They both were excellent movies. And I think. A lot of the cast that were on there, like up on the stage, seemed happy, and the audience, like shock. Oh my gosh, I, I just want. I'd love to be there during that moment. So chaotic, such a chaotic moment. I'd be screaming the whole time. <laughs> Basically, um, like a quick breakdown. Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway were the ones presenting the award for Best Picture, and when they opened the envelope, they were just like they looked super confused, and they were looking at each other, and then well, she read what my favorite thing is they both kind of blamed each other it was like i don't want the responsibility i don't want the responsibility and they both kind of blame each other and warren read it but faye was like trying to like when she like she read it you know mentally and looked up and was kind of like this seems wrong and like looked at him and then he like was like oh i guess i'll read it and clearly that went to hell yeah and so basically the backstage the accountant from the company that counts the votes i guess it was called price waterhouse coopers said that he had taken the wrong envelope and he had taken the best actress envelope instead of best picture it's it's literally not their fault it's that person's fault honestly if we're gonna blame anybody but then once everybody was up on stage because they had announced la la land so all the casts and producers and directors and everybody were going up on stage the producer of la la land made the announcement he was like oh no there's been a mistake moonlight moonlight actually won yeah it's such a like brian said chaotic moment but also iconic moment and i stand 
chaos when it's not anything that's like people are truly getting hurt in <laughs> but uh, it's beautiful and it goes down in history and then it like was like well was this planned more so for like shock factor i don't care i don't care i love it yeah and we say thank you for making that happen if it was well, we can only pray that something as interesting happens at the Oscars this year. However, Brian, do you even know who's hosting? Is there no host? For some reason, I feel like there's no host. I don't. I do not know anything about them, Caitlin. I, I really swear, haven't even looked at the nominees. Me? Well, I looked at some of the nominees, but I swear to God, like one award show said, like next year we're not doing a host at all. Which I was like, how is, how does that work? I feel like they say that every year for the Oscars. I don't know. No, who I don't. Last I don't year? know what show said that. Like I'm saying, I don't know what award show said that. But I know an award show said that. Who said that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Either way, we'll be tuning in for as long as we can possibly bear. And then next week, we're going to be back with a, a recap of the night. <laughs> I was about to be like, there hasn't been a host since 2016 when obviously there's been a host. Like, duh. I, yeah, I don't think there's necessarily a host. I think. Wait, there might well, not have been because Chris Rock hosted in 2016. Yeah, but there was a host in 2018 because it was Jimmy kimmel oh oh yeah you're right whatever we'll see you on sunday um but anyway that wraps up for this week i hope you enjoyed throwing it back to some of these iconic oscar moments and we'll see what the broadcast has in store for us this weekend but until next week if you like our podcast make sure that you subscribe uh give us a rating give us a review if you will all of our social media is down in the description box below. You can head over there and follow us. And until next week, we will see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.